Welcome back to another episode of Self-Made Nobodies. This is kind of like a different episode of the podcast. And uh, we've got a gentleman on here that got unlucky and then I guess got kind of lucky again. So I'm excited to hear this story. Uh, this, is, this is like... Uh, uh, technically, I was lucky all the way because it led, led me here, right? Hey, that's true. I, I seen this happen before, you know, car gets stolen and people have a good response, but I was amazed by not only the, the response the people gave, but the, you should see the message I received from some people. Uh, I, I wouldn't believe I have someone who said, told me they cry when they learned that. Like, I, like I they said, they, yeah. they, they said any car, but not that one. Yeah, so tell everybody, I guess, I've seen the car in pictures. I don't know the current person. It's an FCRX7. Let's hear a little bit about the history of the car. So when did you get this car? Actually, let's start from the beginning. Let's introduce you. So what is your name? My name is G-Man. I am known in the drifting community around North America as G-Man, and I like to keep it like that. Okay, perfect. So we'll, we'll call it the G-Man episode then. Yes, sir. That's what it is. It's the G-Man episode. G-Man, like for a fact, G-Man was actually, I had a couple of nicknames because I'm, as you can tell, I'm originally French. So my name always come out weird in English. So I had a couple of nicknames, but when I did my first drift adventure to Chicago on the first couple of days, shout out to D-Goon. D-Goon was like, yeah, I'm going to call you G-Man. I was like, yeah, that's, that's the one. So Chicago gave me the G-Man nickname, you know? Well, then I'll call you G-Man, and that's what the fans will call you, too. Perfect. I like that. <laughs> awesome. Okay, G-Man. So tell me about the story of this FCRX7. Let's hear when it started. So this started in 2013 after around, like, two years, three years, maybe, of brainwashing myself that I was going to be a drifter. Like, <laughs> and, like... <laughs> Heavily, like I, I, you, you'll, you'll understand. Like I, nowadays I use brainwashing program to to shape my reality, you know. But technically, the first uh, brainwash program I ever did was brainwashing myself into that drifting was the thing, and I'm gonna get on it. And after two, three years of uh, like, you know, thinking about it and be, try to involve myself around the scene in Montreal, because that's where it originally started, around Montreal. Like, um, after a couple of years of working at that, I ended up, uh, I ended up jumping, like I say, on the other side of the wall. And I bought this, uh, this car at the time. And even at that moment, there was some synchronicity. I could have bought, uh, a piece of shit for around the same price, but things didn't happen that way. So I ended up with that car and me and her had the story we have together, you know? No kidding. So it started in those years and uh, drifting is the thing that I'm not, well, I say, say to people, like when you're good at something, it's good to say it, you know? Like it, not in a not humble way, but it's good to affirm it. And like drifting is my thing, man. Like I skateboarded. I, I fucking love skateboard, but I sucked. I did the same thing on dirt bike. I was a little better. But when I get behind the car, that's like, that. I, that's where I can feel how it feels to be a good skater. That was just your thing, hey? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, I'm a natural. I'd give it shit to engine. I just like love it. Uh, if you don't, if you don't know me, I guess I'll introduce this. I'm also like uh, what made the story is for for seven year. I only drifted an ARX seven, which are like like an hundred, maybe ninety horsepower. In my windshield, the sticker used to say, "Yeah, bitch, ninety wheel horse," because like. You get like, like it's painful, but you get fucking proud of that shit. Like I could do what anyone else was pretty much doing, but I was you, you doing it with nothing. I see the only car that would be harder to drive would be a 4AG Corolla, but the FC is heavier. So it pretty much involved being the same thing at the end of the day. And I had a, I had a 4AG Corolla. And in the wintertime, oh, so in the wintertime, it was fun. But in the summertime, it was really, really not that fun to kick out because it made no power. Like it was, it was useless in the summertime. Well, it's that thing, right? Where um, uh, that's the key to become uh, an amazing drifter is to the power will only compensate for skills, right? So if you have no power, you you have to get good at it. That's totally true. And a lot of guys that are listening to the podcast that don't drive. So what we're talking about here is basically with underpowered cars, you have to be a better driver. You have to understand more flick. You have to understand like more clutch control because you don't have the power to get you in and out of situations that you normally could just with more power and more throttle input, or maybe a little bit more brake input, you could get yourself somewhere in those little cars with that little power. You're not, you you don't have the power to to outcome you some on, of this stuff. You only succeed if uh, the what you're what you're dialing down is a hundred percent. So so that's definitely a factor that made me and this car like really pop out. But the other thing, which is very interesting for anyone who hasn't seen the car, is like this is one of those car when me and the car developed uh, this this special relationship where like um so all my life i understood art but could never express it a bit like skateboard i was saying earlier you know i always like skateboarding but didn't know what it felt like to be good at it so not only uh, every medium surrounding that car i did i I perform a hundred percent of what I would like to in it. So when I started building that car, true life, I always understood art, but I could never express myself. When I tried to draw something, it would not look at what was in my head. With that car, I always created uh, what I imagined. This is the first medium, because now today there's more, but this is the first medium where... I couldn't express myself through it and the art form of it would totally bring out what I have imagined before. See, and this is, I thought this would be a different style podcast, but this is kind of an inspirational podcast too on more of a, not necessarily, I don't know what you do for a day job, but on the hobby side of things, it looks like you really took something that you not necessarily were looking for but it found you you found it and that that's your passion that you just rolled with it i really really like it yeah once again we don't know each other at all so this is very funny but like 
Like, you don't understand. Two years ago, I put the scissors into my whole life. Like, I scrapped everything I built until there to, I say, I say, I tell people, like, so I started drifting eight years ago when I would just turn 22. And, uh, like, it took over my life because I was good at it, right? So, so like, it took over my life and I, I truly loved it. But then to get into that loop where you're trying to make drifting and life work together and it doesn't really work easy at least but you can never like go 100 percent in one and uh, i was already not a normal person having problem to integrate with system and stuff always like i i i, I would put it some kind of like that but uh the thing is like two years ago man i scrapped everything i told I told my dad, which I, I was working with for a very long time, like uh, on and off, but we still had built something kind of together with work. Like, and I had to cut that down. This was like the hardest thing to do. But I did that to dedicate my life fully to drifting. Like I, I now live inside my shop and that was my lifelong dream. And uh, I forgot to include running water when I wish for that dream, but it, it's kind of <laughs> still working out right now, you know. I still consider myself blessed. Uh, I have a big shop that I turn a corner of it into a little studio. It's super sick. And uh, I'm still living the drifting adventure, you know. Like, I would go on these drifting adventure before, like these long 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 week of drifting adventure and sometime man i went in the state and i didn't even know how i was going to come back and i just ended up like deciding i knew what like, people that were going to drift in the state to so find my way there and like come back with them i call these the gmail adventure i had like a couple every year and like two years ago basically i realized that what i was doing is i was going on a never-ending gmail adventure Fair enough. I really like that. So tell me, tell me more about the car. Um, I know it's got, it, I saw it's got Lamborghini doors or the door kit on it for sure. So yeah, what would be really cool is if you could see the car evolve over the year. Cause like this car was maybe once or twice was the same for the next event. I always consider that every event was a different version of the car. Cause I when you fuck it up, right? Like uh, where we learned to drift in Ontario, it was one of the craziest. When I I started in Ontario, it was one of the I'm sure one of the craziest craziest time we, or places we had in drifting history. It was like we were going to a crazy track that the owner was not there and didn't care about it. So it was like total chaos. It was like skateboard drifting like level ten thousand. What track and, uh, were you guys going to? Shannonville Motorsport Park. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was wondering if it was Shannonville. See, so I'm originally from Ontario and I used to go yeah, yeah, to yeah. like Toronto Motorsports Park. I used to be part of like way back in the day, I was part of Vital Motion. Like, I don't know, you're probably a little bit younger than that. I'm not sure what when you were born, but I was part of Vital Motion. I was part of those guys back in the day. Um, and then I kind of moved out here like 2012-ish, so I didn't really follow much okay. of the car scene anymore. But you probably crossed paths with like, like you know Rob, oh. ob you know Riddle Rob, obviously that's who I yeah, saw. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like he's, I've known Rob for, oh geez, I don't know. Rob's going to be mad because he probably knows how long it's been, but it's been long, like over 10 years I've probably known Rob. 
And then there was a couple other guys that you probably know, all the drifting friends that I have back home. Obviously, oh, yeah. I was part yeah, of I'll, I was part of CSCS when they first started, like all that stuff. So when you're saying it, Shannonville, yeah, I remember the chaos at Shannonville. It was pretty gnarly. Yeah, like it, it, honestly, it was the best. It can't be like that today, but it, it was definitely the best. So you know, when you go out, you go off track really fast at Shannonville, and before we leave the ground, and it go like my car was always dumb low. The first, so I bought coilover before I bought the car, and the first day I put, I got the car, I put, I put the coilover on it, like lowered to the max, and the first thing I said was like. Oh shit, I need curves that go lower. <laughs> That's hilarious. Is it still a it's still a rotary car, right? Like you said, it's bone stock. Yes. Yeah, so it was bone stock until I move. Okay. So the car only worked properly for like maybe 10 laps since I moved two years ago. Cause um Right now, if we talk power plan, it has a uh, it has a, a, su- a, a big centrifugal supercharger on it. Yeah. So, so I always tell people when they get into drifting, do what people do. Don't go when you talk engine mud. Don't go do what people don't do. And I did something which I think right now it's pretty much the probably like the the only drift rx7 that is using that kit at the moment yeah and the reason i did that is like the way the supercharger found me like this was just uh i say to people like i would have never done that but it came on a silver platter divine intervention you've got a lot of divine intervention in your life Oh, it's all of it, right? We are an extension of it. So I'm re- just really tuned into it. So I make it happen. <laughs> yeah, you really manifest your destiny, hey? Oh, uh, it's. Uh, if you want to start to go in that page, your podcast is going to take another twist, man. It's just <laughs> fucking wild. It's just <laughs> fucking wild. <laughs> that's hilarious. Well, maybe that's a conversation for another another podcast one day. Oh, I'll be I'll be always open to get in contact with you. But let, let me get to all the supercharger got in my hand. Oh, yeah, for like, sure. Let's hear it. Te- technically, this thing is pretty unique. Okay. Like, uh, uh, it's a kit that was originally, the supercharger itself was our uh, first designed for five liter Mustang back in like late 80s. And um, the company made a kit that like was adapting it for RX-7. But it was suffering from uh, multiple uh, issue from factory, you know. Okay. And um, uh, what happened is, so when I first got that car, I I, I think any kid who start driving uh, RX7 is gonna find his rotary mentor, you know. Like you meet that first guy that think you're not too dumb. And he's, he's the kind of guy who has RX-7, who had a bunch, and he's, like, going to teach you how to, to, to appreciate the rotary, you know? Because if not, you're just going to blow it up and say it's a piece of shit. Yeah. And um, the first guy who I got into, uh, who, got, uh, who started to talk about the car and told me, like, oh, you should remove that and remove this, um, was actually an, like a, an older drifter in Quebec, like two generations before me. And what he told me is keep it stuck as long as you can. 
And I think Mark, I'll, I'll shout out to Mark andre Obey, shout out. Uh, uh, I think he was always like super stoked because like I became an animal in the 90 wheel horsepower car. So, so he, you know, he would get in me and he would laugh and he would be like, uh, oh, you're so ready for power. You're so ready for power. And it just never really happened. But uh, Mark had the supercharger, and uh, the supercharger was previously owned by an engineer type of guy who uh, liked to fix stuff and experiment with stuff. So, like, the kit, when it reached me, I knew it had multiple custom parts that then came with the kit originally. Yeah, so it's already been engineered. All the bugs were kind of played out of it. Exactly. And the way it was served when Mark did the deal with me, because he never wanted to sell that. But that was the thing. Like, he did not want to sell it. But something happened one night, and I was like, I was trying to build an engine, but it gets very ridiculous with money to power. And I just uh, texted him, and I was like, yeah, I need to come see you. I want to talk. And he's like, what you want? Like, just ask me here. And I said, it's about your supercharger. And he was like, oh, yeah, come come home Sunday. You know? So, like, I go meet him, and we arrange a deal, which was, was pretty good for me. He did not, like, he did not give it to me, but he gave it to me with everything he had that could help me put it in the car. Mm-hmm. So it ended up not being too, too bad. And still, it doesn't make crazy power. Like, like with a blown engine, because, like, my 13B have like zero compression, but they still run, so I still drive them. Like that's why they're good rotary; they work, but they're still broken. So um, uh, I uh, I put the supercharger on. It took me like the winter, you know, to do that. That's my last winter in Quebec. Then I moved to Ontario, and I come back a week later to go get the car. But when I go get the car out of like my shop in Quebec. I dynoed it. So I dynoed the car and bring the car here. And uh, it's, it's, this winter is going to be the first time in two years that he's going to have time in the shop with me. Because I modify a thing or two and something did go good for 10, 15 laps. And then I started to have problem, And I never really had the time to fix it. But that's where we are now. Now it's here. Yeah. Okay. So now we know the history of the car. Let's hear the crazy story of why we're on this podcast. What what happened? Um, okay, so so yeah, yeah, that's that's the very very intense weekend I just had. So um, I'm uh, I'm out. Uh, I I work for a guy sometime, couple day a week. So I go I go. I'm I'm over there, and I just receive a text from Jesse, shout out to Sketchy Jesse, who um, basically that car was parked at uh, a friend's barn. And uh, Jesse sent me a text and he's like, did you come get your car? And I'm like, no. And we get confirmation very quick that like the car is gone and like the only couple other people that could have done something like say, no, they didn't touch it. So it was crazy, man. Like the first, the first hour, it was so crazy. I had no emotion uh, towards the whole situation. 
it was like you know if just you, you learn someone dying for an hour or two you just like can't like process it that was kind of like that you're in shock then, oh yeah for total shock like this this car it's because of this car that everything that's happening right now it's happening right and i think everyone uh, i think everyone in canada at least uh, in the last year we all had the thought are, are we like selling everything and dipping and uh, me me I, all, all i was thinking of I always try to think very positive. So I was like, look, this, if, if this is it, man, like this is my sign, I'm, I'm leaving. Like right now, right now I'm super happy this happened because like I feel like that kind of answered my question in a certain way. Like I don't have to leave. Everything's going to be all right. You know? mm -hmm. But uh, um, so that was like the first hour or so. And then I was like, I see trying to stay positive. I, I didn't feel too sick. I feel sick for maybe like half an hour. I was just like desperate, you know. Then, right. then uh, I, the first thing I did was before I posted anything was like calling close friends, like and all all my friends around GTA are into car, right? So I also called the one that they know they, they I knew they knew. Uh, uh, that's where I call my, my good friend, Mike, Mike, Mike Cattell at GT Custom Exhaust. Shout out, Mike. And we, we, we were going to talk about him a lot later. But uh, Mike uh, has good relationship with the uh, big rotary shop. So I was just like, text that right now. Because the whole this old car, every like most of the parts are one off. Like uh, I could keep going into it. So like anything, any part that would come surface on marketplace, I would know it's the car. I know every single boat on that car by name. So um, uh, I called my friend. Then, then a couple hours passed, and I had called. Shout out to Rex, who is just a drift enthusiast that helped us at drift event and uh, really likes my car. I, I did call him because he lived in the region where the car was stored. So I said, like, you know, post it, pass the word around, ask your friend. And uh, Rex called me back about two hours after. And he's like, yeah, one of my friends say he saw it. So <laughs> I'm just like, oh, oh, holy shit. Holy shit. And I, I'm going to say now, like, that car was at this place that, like, you, you, you don't find a stolen car. Like, you don't find a car there. Like, uh, so he says that, but he says he's not a hundred person sure. Right. So I'm like, fuck it. We're going to Beaverton. We're going to meet with these guys. So I just finished work. I text one of my friends who's just beside work. Shout out to Tony. Um, Tony fucking jumps in his mom civic and, uh, we go up there together. And uh, we meet Rex at the Tim Horton. That's very close to that location. Then we meet uh, his buddy, start talking to his buddy. And his buddy is described, before we show a new picture, and I think he's describing my car. He's like, he's like it's a blue or gray RX-7. It's blue faded in the sun. So it's like, it's blue or gray. There has a, there's a crazy window tint. And I could tell that the wheels are small and they poke out a lot. And he has blast pipe. And we're like, were they were these stars? Because he has stars. I have star tip right now. And he's like, 
I don't know, but I'm sure they were not round. So we're like, fuck, that's my car. Like the, the, the odds are, you know, and he said he never saw that car at that shop and uh, whatever. Here's a, a very, very crazy point is that guy got fired Wednesday, but he needed, he needed him Friday and he was doing his last shift Friday. Weird. How crazy is that? Again, like, divine intervention for you. Oh, that, that's that's what I kept selling, that, saying the whole time. It's all 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 gonna working out. What thing that uh, uh, Tony could attest, and he keeps saying couldn't believe how calm I was. And I would say as soon as I got the information that we found the car, even if we had no a hundred percent proof that it was the car. I must admit that I was really calm. I knew I was going to get it back. Like I had absolutely zero percent in my mind that I was not going to get it back. So we go to the, we are at Tim Hortons, we discuss, and then I have the decision to take. Do I call the cops or do I not call the cops? I know if I call the police, I'm going to regret it. Like I already know. But I was thinking at the same time, like, before I do anything, I need to report the car stolen. So, like, that's, like, step one. So, after if anything happened, at least, like, the car's register has stolen. Right. So, so I call the police. I want to point out that every interaction during his story with the OPP was very good. Every police officer was super nice and stuff. So, I, be, I speak to the cops on the phone for, like, an hour. But I'm asking, like, are we going to go get this car tonight? And he's like, no. Like, police takes long time to go investigate on the car theft thing. Because, like, we are not allowed to go on this guy's uh, property. And, like, you should not do anything because it's very dangerous. They, like, they steal car. They're probably bad person. Like, don't go there. It's very dangerous. And I'm, like, talking to the cops. And I'm like, look, man. Like, I'm a very, uh, I, I'm a very reasonable, uh, articulate person. I try to deal with this in bound of the system, but I'm like, if the system doesn't save me, I'm not going to wait for him to save myself, you know? Yeah, fair enough. So he's like, yeah, 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 don't, don't go, don't go. So I'm like, okay. But, oh, yeah, at one point he tell me that one. That one was so good. He goes, um, I'm going to be honest, and all the time I've been in the police in this region, because we're talking a very farmland region, he's like, we never found a stolen car. And I told him it's because, yes, you don't go when the guy tells you where is the car. <laughs> <laughs> it's right here. Come, just come right now. Here it is. Yeah. So, so we, we, we put the phone down with them. And then my friend over there were super hyped. They wanted to go get it. Like I could have easily get like the people to go there. Then I started thinking and I was like, oh no, I'm, I, I'm forgetting a step. Yes. So I have all these friends. Like you have to understand all that time. My phone is just blowing crazy, right? With the Facebook posts and all the very close friends who are working on it. But there's one of my friends that I haven't speak to in multiple hours, and it's Mike Cattell that I named earlier from GT Custom Exhaust. And like we haven't spoken a couple hours. And now I get a call from him 
and of everyone who was in my loop ready for action, like he called me and I have no idea he's ready, but like he is ready. Like on the phone, I hear like a German shepherd that's ready for attack mode, you know? <laughs> he was at a war team ready, hey? Oh, yeah, yeah. And he, uh, uh, he had like the, the Kyle, who is the guy who owns the place where I was storing it, was like very riled up too. Like he's ready. Like, like people came on his property, right? Oh, so for like sure. he's pissed. Yeah. yeah, he's super pissed. So you have. You have him, he has already a tow truck driver on the line, like everything set up. But we talk, we talk, and we take the decision that it's about 12 p.m. at that, uh, 12 a.m. at that point. So we're like, okay, going to a sketchy place, like cause the, the, the location where it got stolen is like a big property, right? On Google map, we can spy. And you can tell it's a very long driveway and very large property. There's probably shit everywhere, you know? Right. So, and, and Ginter, I was keep on thinking like the altercation in the dark has a very different feeling of in sunlight. So we came to the conclusion that we were going to strike before their morning coffee. That's definitely a good time. Like, eh? uh, if you eat someone before coffee, as uh, you'll be able to tell, there's going to be a video coming out. Like, as you can tell, uh, uh, if you eat someone before their coffee, they're really like, a, it's like um, a flashbang just popped beside them. You know, they have absolutely no idea what's going on. So that's what we did. We gather up at the same Tim Horton there at 7.30 the next morning. And uh, we all hop on the tow truck and just went for it. Like, entered the property early in the morning. Um, on the property, you had, uh, before you could see anything or barely, like, you guys saw a couple old shitty Ford, and uh, the car was right there. So, we just use the towing, put that on the deck, and now we're ready to go knock on people's door because we're ready to leave. It should happen. We have the car. So we start making noise on the farmland, start trying to, to, uh, to get the attention of someone. So a lady comes out of a little cabin in the corner, and she has her coffee in her hand, and... Uh, we asked where we we asked her if we could see the owner. She said the owner is Brian and he's on the property. And we're, we're like, we're very polite and diplomatic as Canadian, you know. But we're fairly aggressive. We're like, we're it's about that car, you know, that car that's not supposed to be here. And uh, the lady, honestly, she was like so amused by all this. She would, She just had her coffee in her hand and were like had a smile on her face that she couldn't wipe. She was like, "Oh yeah, that's gonna be good action this morning." <laughs> and um, pulls up a chair and sits down with her tea. <laughs> that, that, that's exactly what that was. And then you have the owner of the property who decides to show up, and uh, Brian. Brian's very nice man. Uh, he's just very lost because uh, he just woke up like 10 seconds ago, right? 
and um, he explained to us that the where the car is parked, it's a section of his land that he rents to uh, a guy named Mark. So we're like, okay, can we see Mark, please? And um, he goes, yeah, sure. And he's like, if you don't mind, he said, back the towing ear. I want to see this. So he was also like interested in, in that whole story. So we phone Mark and uh, we wait maybe, I don't know, it's 10, 15, 15 minutes. And uh, Mark show up. And Mark is the person who uses tow truck to tow the Arc 7 out of the property. So we start speaking with Mark. And uh, basically, Mark is um, he's a scrap metal man. He's not super smart. And Mark got fooled by a crackhead. Wow. So yeah, like the, that's the punchline of the story is Mark is telling us that he bought that car. He bought that car with no ownership for $400. And Mark, Mark what I say, when that's the second part where you can tell he's not the smartest. Mark was about to scrap that car at scrap metal. Oh, as is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't even pop the hood. He didn't know that there was like a giant supercharger under the hood. Oh, man. So you were like essentially a day away from that car being gone. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. See, so I saw the video real quick of it on the tow truck. Yeah. And so I assumed that you had confronted the tow truck driver, but that's your friend's tow truck it's on and you're confronting a fella who had towed it mm. with his own truck. Yeah, that's exactly it. It was, we got there, we saw the car, we load the car, and then we ask questions. Because then we're, we're actually at one point, uh, Mark, um, Mark was kind of cool with the situation until we told him that we were, were obviously leaving with the car. And then he was like, yeah, but I paid for that car. So ooh, you have to pay me $400. And we were like, yeah, man, man, like, I don't think this is happening. Yeah, if you'd like to call the cops, you're welcome to. That's exactly what he asked for. So uh, he, asked, he, he said we were solving, thing with the, solving this with the police. And uh, I, I, I called the police again. Once again, all the information was fresh from last night. Um, three police agents showed up. And uh, when they showed up, the car was already gone. Because as soon as Mark said, you're not leaving with that car, Sean, who was, shout out to Sean, who was the auto truck driver, was like, watch me, buddy. And he didn't even turn and ask us if he should leave or not. He just got in the tow truck and dipped. Which is probably the best thing, because the car probably would have went through some sort of bullshit processing, and then your window tint would have been too dark, and it would have been too low, and the supercharger yeah, would have yeah, passed yeah, tech, yeah. and oh, that would have uh, just so, Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. That was the best thing, so like the police never saw the car. Yeah, as far as they know, it was a vehicle. That's all they need to know. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Well, that's 
that's awesome that you got it back but what a wild story and like the the biggest thing for me was how much like like social media push it got because i saw it through like rob and then i saw it through somebody else and then obviously looking at and then i i saw that you got it back so i had to reach out and have you on like it's not a usual kind of usual podcast that I would have on the show, but we'll call it a bonus episode with G-Man and the story. It's just crazy. And I'm so glad you got it back. So it's like, is it undamaged? Nothing at all? Did, was he careful with it? Or like, was there a little bit? Uh, of- the, the, the only thing that I saw that I saw so far is nothing bad. You know, it just got loaded on tow truck twice. Very hardcore for a car that is this low, you know, the car is uh it doesn't really get lower than that for if yeah it's it's hammered for sure yeah yeah so like uh, but i mean this car the, the floor of that car is already all fucked right from years of drifting and you know doing board slide on uh, rumble strips and stuff like the old the old floor it, it looks like it went to world war 2 so i'm not not that worried like no. uh, I, I i was a little worried quick and i had i had the chance to look at it quickly and everything's fine. So I, I was just very, very lucky in my bad luck. But once again, like, man, like this adventure, I honestly had like fun in it many, uh, many times. Like, of course, there's a big stress factor, but I don't understand how it was mostly suppressed as soon as I got information. And I really, like, enjoyed the thrill of the adventure. Like, dude, I felt so alive this weekend. Like, oh, so alive. I bet. Like, uh, I'm just coming down off of it, like, yesterday a lot. And, like, sinking back into, like, what's a little more normal. And it's just, like, like wow, that was cool, you know? It's like, how can I say this? It's It's... It's it's like something you don't want to do, but once I was in it, it was really cool. Yeah, it's like bungee jumping. When you're standing at the top, exactly. you're like, no, no. And then you've jumped and you're back at the top again. And you're like, I'm really, I'm kind of glad that happened. Yeah, that's, that's, that's totally it. And the amount of love I received from the car community and... Like these messages, like my friend who told me he cried. Uh, I had some people from Montreal who were ready to come up here. I had um, a lot of personal message about this, that car. I heard a couple times I got not this car, not like that. Uh, to me, this, this car modifying thing is art. And that's what made me become the artist that I am. And... To know that I achieve to touch people with my art, it, it feels amazing. I knew, I knew before, like I always said, when I go out to drive, especially that car, it creates excitement. Like the crowd is excited to know that this car is going to come out. But this is a totally different thing in all the messages I receive. Like, like... I, I don't know, man. I think you get the vibe. It's just, just wild to to see that this happened. I'm here and now I, I kind of carry that torch, you know? They're keeping this as, keeping me and this car, like as, keeping that story going, man. 
it sounds like you needed it in your life too. You were kind of at a crossroads of where do I go with this? And like you said, you got your answer in a, in a yeah. really, really big way. I only see positive from that story. Only see positive from that story. I, 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 I'm like anything I could find negative if I wanted to, but I don't like I, I, I had fun. It made me receive love. It made me receive how important that car is to uh, Ontario car culture. Uh, it made me realize, like I said, bigger things, you know, like the heart thing. Like I, I was profoundly touched by all those messages. Like I, I don't have them all right now, but you should see some of them were pretty crazy, man. And I don't know what, like made me message you either like i've seen a few cars go past my feed that are stolen and sometimes some of them are recovered and some of them aren't recovered but something told me that i needed to reach out to you and have you on for some reason and then when you said it's a crazy story i was like okay yeah this this is gonna work i think people need to realize too it is about outlook like there is the old there's an old saying there's a man that's drowning in a river and somebody or and a log floats by and he ignores the log and he says nope god's gonna save me and then a man walks by and tries to reach out and give him his hand. And he said, nope, God's going to save me. And eventually he drowns and dies and he meets God. And he says, well, God, why didn't you save me? And he said, well, I, I sent the log and I sent the man. Why didn't you yeah, use yeah. the log? Why didn't you use the man? And it's, it's all about outlook. Like you, you can keep drowning and wait for something to happen, or you can reach out and you can grab that log. So it's, it's totally uh, outlook. That's totally what this podcast is about too. It's, it's about really changing changing how you look at things you can look at it down you can take it as you can take it as a negative experience or like you you're super po- i think you're a super positive person i don't know you but in this 45 minutes we've talked i can tell you're obviously positive maybe this has made a change in your life that's uh, you feel positive. But, but, but i i work hard on this i was gonna tell you you know what made you call what made you call is divine intervention because like uh, you're it's important that people realize that your mind is a center of divine intervention and like you're being used by idea, right? So like, like it's just my sync with divine intervention got you clicking, you know, that's, that's, that's the way I see things. It did. And I just had to hear the story. And then when you said it was interesting, I was so stoked and I didn't want to hear any details. Like I had messaged you, obviously nobody knows it, but I messaged you and said, don't tell me a thing. Like every, like I heard the story as you guys did all the listeners. I heard the whole thing. I'm laying back in my chair here, just smiling away as you're telling the story. Like I really enjoyed it. I've enjoyed talking to you too. Just the whole, the whole conversation has been really good. Really flow. You are super articulate. Like as you're talking, it's, it's uh I, I thought the language barrier would be there a little bit like i obviously you, you speak good english but some people when they're speaking english french back and forth they have to think a lot yeah, yeah, yeah. you're definitely articulate in both languages and even in confrontation it seems like you guys all held your cool like you're obviously going to be hot-headed your car got stolen and you don't know oh like, yeah everybody's going to give you a story like oh i just picked it up from a buddy and he told me 20 bucks just move it for like everybody's going to give you the the gears and you're not going to take it but it sounds you guys kept your cool nobody got physical nobody got hurt you got your car back cops got to eat their donuts like and 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 uh uh like mike mike was i would say the main speaker because he's he's also like native english but but 
Mike, Mike is good with his business. He deals with a lot of shitty people. So he's just had, I could see he had that switch on where he was just talking to them. Like, like we, we say something once, now you answer, but you answer something we want to hear, you know? You don't answer something we don't want to hear because that's where we would get a little high of stuff. And I was just going to go back on what you were saying about like the God thing and the log and the man. And like that, that, that's the police. And like, I have nothing to say bad about my experience with the police, but what I say to people that is related to what is happening to us outside right now, you ask the system once to help you, but if the system is not helping you, don't wait for the system to help yourself. Cause like, like I, I said that to some police officer this weekend and like we had like a raw eye contact where they really agreed with me at that moment, you know? Oh, for sure. Yeah. You have to be, a, you have to take it into your own hands. You definitely can't, mm-hmm. you can't wait for something to jump out. Even for me, the hardest thing for me right now is getting guests on that are going to take me seriously because I've got seven episodes and I've had like 200 downloads. Like it's, it's not that much in the grand scheme of things but give give me a year give me a year and all these people that are on episode one to ten are going to be like holy shit i was on the first 10 episodes of that show like just give it time you reach out you 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 manifest your own destiny and it's going to happen and it seems like for you like you said you you knew you were going to get that car back so there was no question for you you just didn't know how yeah what I what I would say to that is when you have a goal and you're walking towards it like like you are like Remember, everything's happened in an orderly sequence of growth. That's one of the mental phrase I have. Everything I'm going towards a goal and it's not here. I'm like, but I'm closer than I used to be, you know? So like, you're, you're, that's num- episode number seven. And uh, I, you're one episode closer to episode 100, you know? It's exactly what it is. And episode 100 is going to be, I bet you, just as good as this episode. Uh, like, I feel I, I feel great about this episode, to be honest with you. I didn't know where it was going to go. I didn't know how the conversation was going to be. But you're, you're an inspiring person. And I really think that people are going to resonate with some of the things you've said and also your story, too. And it looks like you've got already your own kind of social media presence and following with, with the drifting and stuff like that. But I think maybe people knowing you on this like on a different level knowing that you're you're going through something you're going through some growth and and uh hearing it i think the biggest thing for me i always look back at like guys like jason ellis i don't know if you know jason ellis from the jason ellis show on sirius xm but he's like a pro skateboarder and he's done Mm -hmm. like a ton of stuff and gone through a ton of shit and he's like one of the toughest looking dudes on the planet and then to hear him like break down about things it's like it almost lets you break down in your own shell of where we're in this world where we're not allowed to be you know soft or whatever or not allowed to say yeah, that we're, yeah, trying yeah, to fi- yeah. we're trying to find ourselves it's like you can't say that stuff but it's like no you people need to know that like we're, we are on our own journeys like you need to be on your own journey you need to be there for your own self and like at the end of the day nobody's got you but you so you got to do it like it's you got to manifest mm-hmm. your own shit Mm-hmm. It's like, so, so the, the, the drift name I choose when I started drifting, I was really serious about it. And like, I wanted to do like my hero in Japan. And, um, 
Eight years ago now, I created Reckless Spirit Abusive Motorsports Club, and uh, it grown into something. Like I never thought that it would uh, it would do anything. Like that's very important to say. It's like something I purely created out of love and passion for drifting with no afterthought. But two years ago, when my friend started, like I started to you know give sticker away because I have a logo and stuff, and um, and people just love it. So I was giving sticker away. And at one point, people were really asking for my stickers. I was like, whoa, like this event, I just gave away like an hundred dollar, an hundred and fifty bucks a sticker. So next time I'm going to sell them, you know. So I started that slowly. And as I moved here and drifting became more and more my life, I started to, you know, create like just product related to it. But there's lots of stuff I make was like meaningful. Like one of the first big, big sticker, I make a sticker with the, the face of the, the logo and it says, how bad do you want it? And because uh, that's a saying I used in my life. And I have kids who came up to me and said, like, your sticker changed my life. And uh, that has been a really big thing is like the, the, the reckless spirit. The name is very important. It's not two words I just choose. It's because uh, drifting was reckless, you know, to take the thing you cherish and love, but to go destroy it on track. But, and the word spirit, because everything is about the spirit you put behind your action. So what I say is sometime um, being reckless, might seem to other in society as dangerous or not appropriate. But I see being reckless as truly living and doing what needs to be done there and now. And yeah, if you if you don't like that and you want to play in safety, like 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 if you don't like that, just 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 fuck you, you know. Like it's the reckless one. It's the reckless one who are, who comes out on top. It's the reckless one about who you write a book, you know? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, they aren't writing the book about the guy that's sitting on his couch. That's what I'm saying. So, and I could say like the reckless spirit right now completely took over my life. Like completely took over my life. My life has became like the philosophy of what is my company now. So is that is that what your day job is? Is is you have merch? Is it a merch store? Is it is it gear? Yeah, that, that, that's what this is. I'll let you go through the website. It's all done by me. Every description is done by me. It's a whole lot of fun. I'm just having fun with it. It's yeah. growing, man. Like like I would say it's a what people would call a lifestyle brand. If I had to describe it, it's fucking like uh, what zero baker. You know, it's it's like. Imagine a skateboard brand. That's what this is, but it's just, it, it has its roots into drifting. But I wouldn't say nowadays it's only into drifting. I really like personal development. Uh, and like, I like to talk with people and influence them in a positive way. And I realized that what, what the company Reckless Spirit is becoming, it's becoming a good medium for me to like help like help people or present things to people, 
the way to think and positive and changing like personal growth fucking personal development and like i i, I see that it's now a medium i can use to to do that and like like i just i just love it well it opens doors so there's there's different obviously di- people have different hobbies so it's nice to see that it's branching out into those different places like i feel like again i I don't know if you want to tell me how old you are but so i'm 34 so like back in my day if you if you wanted to have motivation you you, it was specific to something like it was specific to like you, you were you were business and that was the motivation but if you were into cars there was nobody that was motivating you to be into cars like you looked up to people but there was nobody trying to push like do you be you it was just you saw them build something so you looked up to them and now you see different um social media influencers let's call them i guess um branching out into being more motivating and helping their i guess followers or their groups kind of find themselves I really, really appreciate that and really like that. And I hope with this podcast too, that's what I say every episode is if we can touch one person in the 40, like I spend usually 45 minutes to an hour with people learning their story, which I love. I love, first of all, I love talking. So like, this is perfect for me to do. Second of all, I love hearing people's stories. So that's great. And then if we, if we touch one person an episode, like out of the 25, like right now I'm getting about 25 to 50 downloads an episode. And that's because I haven't, I've been in trade school. So I haven't done a lot of social media pushing. Once I get to about 10 episodes, then I'll probably start really pushing it now that I have, you know, some stuff where people can look back and go, Hey, there's some stuff I can listen to. But I really, really think that with this social media presence, you also have to be positive, a positive influence. Because one thing that I hate about social media is that we see everybody's perfect snapshot in time, but we never see their like bad days. So we have to hear about the bad days. So, and you have to like, you, you make your base, your snapshot in time after yesterday's snapshot in time, not after somebody else's snapshot in time and just make it better than yesterday's. Even if it's a little bit better, get up today and make your bed. Get up today and instead of like rushing to work, make a coffee. You know what I mean? Yeah, like like what I'll add to to what you're presenting is like first, it never gets easy. The only time you gain like uh, uh, in that mental exploration, the only time you you the only point where it gets easier, and it's not really easier, but the only time it gets easier. Is the moment in the moment you can uh, transform pain into uh, like joy or happiness, and it trust me, it's possible. That's the moment where you just you just step up a ladder. But like, how can I how can I explain this quick to people? It's just. Uh, this is mental science, right? Happiness is a state of being. Nothing outside of you brings you happiness. Happiness is created from within. And trust me, if you work hard enough at it, like you can just like, like create that shit, no matter what is the outside. Uh, no what matter what are the outside stimulus, you will be happy. And as soon as you can maintain that, like good stuff comes from it. It's true. Manifest it. it and it does yeah. come from it. It, it, it scientifically, it, even if you don't want to go spiritually, scientifically inside of us, when you are happy, you re- release dopamine. So like yeah. if, you, if you don't have 
something that's stimulating your dopamine receptors, you either need to modify your thought process so that you can open up those dopamine receptors to something new, or you need to find what really, really stimulates you. And if you're not stimulated in what you're doing, maybe you need to find something that really does that for you because nobody's going to. And like, yes, you have to work and you have to make money and you have to survive. But at the end of the day, there may be something on the other side of the, of the fence. We don't know what happens when we die, but we know what happens when we're alive. And if you don't live while you're alive, there's no point. So. Yeah, what, what, what's the point, right? Like, like that, that's a big thing, man. Like, being scared to be alive. Like, uh, me, my dad always told me, you never know, like, like what tomorrow, where you're going to be tomorrow night. Like, absolutely anything can happen. As the more you rely on this, you can lose that anxiety and all that crap, right? Like, so I'm consider myself a mental scientist. I've been like forever since I'm 12, but I work every day at it since like four years ago. And this is like all my search in what I call mental science. That is uh, uh, all my search into it is what had made me possible to cut my life into pieces, right? Because, like, it took two years of intense work to be able to be, like, okay, we're doing it. When I quit my life in Montreal, I had that discussion with me in the mirror. Like, are we doing it? Are we doing it? And uh, uh, for anyone, like, I, I say explore, start exploring your mind. Like, that's, that's what you're, that's what you're, the benefit there is to wanting to understand how to be happy. And you'll, you, as soon as you want it, the information is going to come to you. But it's exactly like the police. Like now you have the information. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to sit on your couch or you're going to say what the crazy people on, uh, let's say, let's say you read a book or you listen to a YouTube video and you really think, what they're saying is cool and, and, and kind of makes sense, but then you get trapped into what you've been taught about reality, right? And then, then it's me, I, I never fitted in. So it was easier for me to, to escape, you know? Yep. It, and I think what we get trapped into is thinking that, like, we hear a lot about today about, like, people having oppression. And yes, I think people are oppressed, but with, with, the internet these days and the amount of like the amount of knowledge we have at our fingertips i think of back in the day and if we wanted to learn something you had to get an encyclopedia and you had to like look yeah. it up or go to the library and find a book and like read it or like ask somebody yeah. i couldn't ask my dad like hey tell me about nostradamus He'd be like, I don't know yeah, who yeah, Nostradamus yeah. is. But now I can be like, oh, okay, cool. Grab my my calculator, smartphone, call people, text people, device that's in my, my computer that's in my pocket, and I can Google that's it. Like, they, call, they take that device that's more advanced than the spaceship that went to the moon, right? Right. And, and, and people say nowadays, like, oh, well, he got there because he had this, this, and this. And it's like, you had that, that, and that. It doesn't take... 
yes some like i, I and i mean I, i'm probably offending a few people here and saying that but like yes some things take money yes some things take time i totally appreciate all of that but i feel like with the amount of knowledge you can have on your own if you just instead of spending the time watching youtube videos that are about making tiktok videos unless that's what you want to do if you want to be a tiktok star but like if you want to build engines don't watch videos about how gordon ramsay's getting in a fight with people on like hell's kitchen watch engine building videos take the time mm-hmm. learn something mm-hmm. read a fucking book like pick up like i gotta I, i'm terrible for taking my own advice but at least the things that i watch and the things that i do are related to cars and related to the things that i'm into and i'm learning about things every single day when i'm doing these things but we, I, I feel like a lot of people sit on the couch and they're just mad that other people have 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 and it's like other people didn't have they just woke up one day and decided i want that so they have that now so, so i'm gonna go back on something to add there and me i'm gonna say like like once again if we look outside it's getting very very obvious that's like brainwashing yourself or people is possible right like like you can look many things outside in the world or like things that happened in the past where people were brainwashed and it's like it's like super easy to understand it. Now, Mila, the way I would explain it, how I did my mental path and how I'm still operating on it, like the core of it is brainwashing. But I am the guy who chose the program. Yeah, like, that's true. I, I, I go and find information I resonate with. And once I found that information that like, I make me feel really good. Like I listen to that and I'm like, let's say it started uh, technically, it started before that, but one of the books that appeared by Divine Intervention was How to Become Supernatural by Dr. Joe Dispenza. And Joe, Dr. Joe Dispenza is fucking on it. So I read that book four years ago. And like, I understood that all I needed to do was to make the content of this book my now recurrent pattern of thought into my subconscious, which you need to reprogram by brainwashing. How do you do that? Brainwashing is super easy. Go find something that you like, that it resonates the way you think, the, the way you want to think, and listen to it every day until you think like that. Yeah. Yeah. Redirect your thoughts. Totally. You can, you can totally change your own mental path, change your own mental thinking. Like you call it, you call it brainwashing, but yeah, like totally change your mental thought process. Like you can wake up in the morning and say, man, this is going to be a shitty day. You're going to have a shitty day. You could wake up in the morning and be like, fuck it. I'm going to own this shit. You're probably going to have a better day. I always say, people say like, man, you dream a lot. And I'm like, yeah, well, if I shoot really, really high and I miss it's going to be a lot less of a miss than if I shoot lower and I miss like mm-hmm. I'd rather dream high and miss. And I'm, I'm still going to aim high. Like I got some pretty good high aspirations. I'm just finishing third year and fourth year auto body. And I want to jump right into my apprenticeship for service technician. So I can be dual ticketed in the next five years. Like I want to be able to do auto province inspections. I want to be able to do all sorts of different stuff, have my own shop. I've got major goals in the next couple of years. Also, I want this podcast to grow on the side. I want to have a studio in my shop where I can have people come 
that want to come down and actually sit down and have conversations with me. Like I've got some major goals in the next couple of years. I'm also a single dad with four kids, like paying for two houses. Like it's, it's a lot, but if you want to do it, I've lived in a car. Like I've got a, like you've got stories. I've got stories. Like I've lived in a car this mm-hmm. year. I've lived out of a gas station, which shout out to my boss and Hinton. Like I wouldn't be able to do it without them, but like I lived in a gas station in a room that they hooked me up with. Like I've lived some shit just to manifest where I am right now to get through it. Mm-hmm. You got to push. Like every day is not going to be easy. You got to grind, but it's mm-hmm. all mental outlook. Don't give up. Keep pushing. Find something you love. Find something you're passionate about. People will resonate with it. Like in the last, it took me, I had a couple of episodes up and, and then I went to trade school and I was like, well, shit, I don't have time. And then I was like, you know what? No, I'm making time. So I started reaching out to people. I've already got like four or five people booked for the show. I've already done an episode with Phil. Now I've got an episode with you. It, it, it really is like, and I, again, I did not expect for this to come to where we are full circle in this episode, but um, it really manifests your own destiny and, and you totally can, but you've got to find something that lights that fire and and yeah don't let your parents influence you i'm gonna say this and this may i don't know if this was for you but this was a big thing for me i'll say two things because you kind of you touched on it a little bit earlier but one thing is don't let your parents influence you i went to school to be a paramedic so i did a bunch of stuff in the middle and never finished and came full circle back to cars because cars was a thing i worked at rockstar motorsports in ontario which now rockstar's in oakville um and like it used to be in Cambridge, Ontario. So it worked for him. Come full circle. Now I do auto body and stuff like that. So don't get influenced by people because you think you should be doing something like do what really, really drives you and makes you passionate. Second thing is you don't know what tomorrow brings. My mom passed away suddenly a couple of years ago and then it spiraled my dad into dementia. And between both of those things in the last three years, I've lost my parents, a, my mom physically, my dad mentally. So, and I never expected it. My dad was fully able. My dad taught me, I can literally give me just about anything and I can fix it. I wake up in the morning and work my ass off every day. And it's all because of my dad. And now I call him and he's lost and it it breaks my heart, but you don't know. You really don't know what you're, what's going to happen tomorrow. You could wake up and get hit by a bus. You could wake up, walk down your stairs, slip, fall, hit your head, never wake up again. Like dude, don't, don't wait. (laughs) Don't wait. Yeah. And, and me, from my experience, um, I'm going to add on this at, 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 at tomorrow, you don't know, is like, remember that the thoughts you are thinking today are shaping your tomorrow. And if I, I know many people, me, it's very recent that uh, I could, I, I, I am very, satisfied with the train of thought I have created. Like I, I, I write it in the morning that like uh, every morning I try to write about things I'm grateful for. And I'm really grateful to, man, when you're just there and you start smiling and giggling just because you're like, you're, you're, you're like, wow, the thought I'm thinking now are like so good. Just, just like a, you know, there's no more, every thought of I can do it or I'm not good or this or that or uh, or hate yourself you know like I achieved it I was there and I, I I'm here now but because I wanted it and I never stopped every day also a mental state you must take your mental state 
as serious as a manifestation as something solid because they're both equivalent. Mm-hmm. They totally are. 100%. I did not expect us to get here. What is your company? Rec- you said Reckless Spirit, all one word. Where, what's the, yeah. what's the uh, you, website? You, you can go on the website, uh, recklessspirit.ca. The Instagram, my Instagram page is gman underscore vision and reckless spirit is reckless.spirit.ca. That's the Instagram. Like everyone who listen to this podcast, go at least just take a look. You're going to enjoy what you find there. Yeah, please, guys, definitely give him a follow. Give him some love. I saw a lot of love for you for you with with the car being stolen and stuff like that. But also hearing your mental path, your mental mindset, what you're trying to do with your company and stuff like that. I really, really hope that there's a few people out there that listen to this, buy some stuff, reach out, give them a follow at least. Like definitely whatever we can do for each other. We're a small community of self-made nobodies. And I really think that if we can each help each other out, I think we can become a really big community of self-made nobodies and eventually we'll be somebody's together. I feel so blessed by being on your podcast. I want to say thanks. And when you told me the name of it, I was like, that is straight up me. <laughs> well, I think it resonates with a lot of people that don't have the the following. I don't think, I think a lot of you guys that I have on here are really humble. And that's a, that's a, a lot of the reason I, again, I, I've said it about four times now, but I didn't expect us to take this turn, but you're a really, really humble guy with a business. I didn't expect you to have and a mindset. I didn't expect you to have. I think a lot of the guys I've had on here have had the same mindset. Like they don't expect to be famous. They don't expect anything out of this. They just want to provide a good quality. I want to say product. I've had a lot of car guys on here, but Craig with his, with his training and stuff like that, like he's a top quality trainer, Gibson with his glass, some of the glass that he's making is next level. Like, and the humbleness that comes with it, I think you can, you can take it and you can be really, really cocky or you can take it and you can be really, really humble with it. And I really, really appreciate it. I really appreciate your time. And I really appreciate that you've come on with me. Um, I, yeah, I, I can't say more than that. Like, I, I'd love to talk to you for, for hours and hours about mindset. And maybe we definitely will one day sit down and do that. But you guys definitely have to give him a follow. Definitely have to give him a like on his social medias. We'll have links and stuff in the page. Go ahead there. You were going to say something. Yeah, I was just going to say uh, in a couple of years, we should definitely get in touch again. Once your podcast uh, uh, has grew and where it's going to be funny to do and before and after, I just love to talk about like mindset, man. Like I've been helping people and uh, even on Instagram, if anyone needs help, like I'm, I'm like, I, I, I love to do it. Like it's something I wished for before that I could help people on this path. That's what I'm doing. Uh, not directly with reckless spirit, but it's happening. It's like what you said with your podcast, if you touch people, you're happy. I'm the same. Just make, I just want to make the, and if I inspire someone to make his life better, well, this is, this was worth more than anything, you know? For sure. That's all I want to do is reach out and, and touch one person. And maybe one day with it, if it does become monetized, we can, we can help in more than just words. Like I hope one day that I can have, have the backing where people can reach out to me and say, Hey, I'm, I'm looking to, you know, do this business. I have a really good business plan. Is there any way you guys can help me out? And more than just mental words, maybe one day we'll have a community that's big enough that we can help people in a way 
where they can get their businesses going or we can help them financially start up. Like I've got big dreams and big goals. Maybe I'll hit them one day. Maybe I won't, but we should set a calendar mark for next year this time and see where both of us are. Definitely with mindset uh, and stuff, that would be a, that'd be a neat thing to see what we can, we can accomplish in a year. I'm ready, man. Look, it was really a pleasure to be on your show. Yeah, me too. I really, really appreciate that. Okay, before you go, one last question. I ask everybody, I'm going to ask you the same. One last piece of advice for anybody out there that's afraid to take the leap into doing something that they might be afraid to do. Uh, in being afraid to do something you... Well, that's the reckless way, basically. I said it before. Um, uh, being reckless might be seen by others or society as being dangerous or something you should not do. You'll never be, you'll, you'll never know what it feels like to be on the other side of the fence if you don't go. And me, I can already tell you a life of wondering what it would be like on the other side is a lot more pain than failing at getting to the other side. And the, the universe works in a way that if you commit, you, you sometimes you don't get what you want, but sometimes what you end up getting is what you need. You know what I mean? That's totally back to the log, the log in the river. You wait for yeah. you're waiting for the the thing that you expect, but you're missing the signs. You're missing. Oh, and anyone, anyone who want to take a leap, the perfect moment doesn't happen. Like you know, it was the perfect moment once you've done it. That's it. Like, like if you keep waiting for circumstances to get perfect, you'll never do it. You have at one point, it's like uh, the first time you cut fender on a car. The first time you cut fender on a car, at one point, you just start your grinder and cut them, you know? Yep. And never look back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, G-Man. Well, I really, really appreciate your time. I will... Uh... I will let you go here. We've been on for, for just over an hour. Um, I'm not going to edit much of this one. This has been an epic conversation. Uh, really, really appreciate your time. I'm going to link all the socials in the description, guys. So make sure to give him a like, give him a follow, grab some of his merch, shout out, show him some love. We're glad you got your car back. I really, really appreciate your time, G-Man. You have yourself a great night. And we will... Uh, yeah, my we'll, pleasure. We'll talk and to just, you. I'm just going to... I'm going to say that at the end... Uh, if you go on social media, if you want to know the car we're talking about, it's the one with small wheels. I have two RX-7, the same color. What, the one with big wheel is the street car, and the one with small wheel is the one that got stolen, and that's the race car. Awesome. We will definitely we'll, – we'll put some links in the description for sure so they can check out your social medias and all that stuff. Like I said, give them a like, give them a follow. G-Man, it's been a pleasure. Cody, it was super dope. Awesome, man. You have a great night. We'll keep in touch. Okay, peace. Okay, have a good night. Guys, I have to say that this was an unexpected but really, really great episode. It went late, but uh, I enjoyed every moment of it. I can't... Uh, I can't thank G-Man enough for being on the show and uh, taking some time to talk with me. I didn't, like I said, I didn't expect us to take that turn with mental mindset and stuff like that. I thought it would be a short little show about a vehicle being stolen. And here we are an hour later with this podcast about mental mindset and being a reckless spirit and uh, 
trying to achieve your goals, even though it might mean stepping outside of the fence or maybe stepping on a few toes. But uh, make sure to give him a like, give him a follow. All the links will be in the description below for all of his social medias. We love you guys. Thanks for the listen and make sure to catch us on the next episode of Self-Made Nobodies.